I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Culture Vulture. You are joined by me, Liv. And Lucy over here. Hi, everyone. We got Liv to introduce it this week. We've done a little bit of role reversal. Honestly, a bit nerve-wracking. I don't know how you do it's it. It's not that easy. You've got to get really out of your head and just be like, what would a normal person say? Yeah, exactly. Record it. Imagine if we actually had True. a room of everyone that was listening. I would not be able to say anything. I would be absolutely frozen with fright. Oh, my God. Well, thank you all for not showing us your faces as you listen because it allows us to be able to do it. But, Lucy, you had something to plug at the start of this episode. Yeah, so we are obviously we're always growing. We're always trying to make this business an actual functioning business. And one of the ways that we are sort of moving up in this world is we have introduced something new called Cisco Supporters. So this is a way for us to just normalise paying for the media we love. Liv, our parents, when they were growing up, paid for newspapers, mm-hmm. paid for Sky TV, you know, like paid for the media that they wanted to consume. Fuck yeah, they did. As young people, we've had everything sort of given to us for free on social media. We've had access to so much stuff and it's great. It's meant that we can think about and care about a lot of things, but it does also mean that... Media, the media industry is struggling and, and the media that you love is probably struggling. We have leveled up the way that if you love shit you should care about and you love listening to me and live each week and you want us to be able to record, record in a pod studio and research the shit out of everything we give you. And, and it goes for the Instagram. If you love the Instagram or if you love the shit show or if you love the daily newsletter, we now have a place where you can come and support either one off or monthly or annually Um, You can support us and we would love you for it and you're going to get some bonuses for the besties if you're a supporter and honestly the link's in our bio, you're going to be seeing it all through the newsletter and all over our Instagram. It's a new way that you can support the media you love or the people you love if that's me and Liv and you can help this continue to be our jobs and it's the best thing ever. Yeah, and we would seriously appreciate you. I mean, we already we do. We already do, but just like more than you could even imagine. And also you can just give whatever the fuck you want, whatever the fuck you can at that point in time. So yeah. it's kind so of a win-win situation. Go and check that out. And if you can, please, we're relying on you. Please do come and support us. So Liv, this week we're talking about something which I'm actually very excited to talk about because I wrote about it in the newsletter and then immediately was like to Liv, oh, actually, this is a bigger discussion. We should talk about it on Culture Vulture, which is goblin mode, which is like the <laughs> fucking buzzword of the time the right now. The most Gen Z shit we could Gen think Z of. shit ever. Um, versus that girl, which again is sort of Gen Z and very like 
girl boss sort of vibes, which I would hope we're moving out of. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a fun discussion today. But as we always do, getting kind of into the gritty elements of that. But first, Lucy, I would love, love, love to hear what describes your week. So, okay, I told Liv off mic that she was going to hate me for what describes my week this week because it's a regurgitation of two of my past ones. Like, oh my God. Okay, so it's the third time that I've mentioned Rosé because Rosé describes... To be honest, Rosé yeah. described our Saturday very much so. Very much so. And Taylor Swift 10-minute version of All Too Well oh my just God. describes our week. Honestly, so me and Liv got for Flo, who is like a character of She You Should Care About at this point. Um, we got for her the... Fuck the patriarchy keychain, the Taylor Swift one um, for her birthday. Iconic. Iconic. She loves it. I, I am jealous. I think it's so cool to have the actual fuck the patriarchy keychain that she sings about. And then um, we went to Waiheke Island for her birthday and it was just a theme the whole time. We had all these 10-minute bus rides and the way that we'd fill them, especially one of them when we had had a few to drink, a few rosés to drink. A few too many rosés, I think. Um, the boys got hold of the microphone somehow. It started off with a couple of speeches. Oh, my God. We had the cutest guy who was like, he wasn't the bus driver. He was like... Like looking after, yeah. The bus, I don't maybe? even know. Like working on the bus, and then he like comes over with this microphone, yeah. and is like, "You guys just go hard," and which so was a mistake on his behalf. Such a mistake because we didn't realize that there was people up the top as well. No, so like we quite thought, a few, like a good like twenty yeah. to thirty people upstairs. We thought we were on this bus on our own, so we were like, "Right, we'll do some speeches for flow," and then ten minutes to the next winery. So naturally, we do this acapella version of Taylor Swift's ten minute all too well. And the thing is, is like it just didn't stop. Like, and we just. Went for it. Liv was harmonising. I was smacking the table to get <laughs> some recording going. In there. Like honestly, but I did listen to the recording. One of our friends took a recording, and we sounded actually good. That's hilarious. But it was word for word perfect. No, it was so funny because it just felt like it didn't stop. I know. So. And then we got out of the car, and then all of the people upstairs were like walking to this winery with us, and it was just like, oh my oh. god, we are so vulnerable. Like, sorry, you've just heard, and like. All our emotion in the 10-minute version of All Too Well. Oh, really fun though, Liv. What describes your week, Dal? Um, So what describes my week is Paparazzi by Lady Gaga. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Oh, Such a good song. song. Um, oh, but yeah. also I had a camera and I was basically following everyone around capturing Every, literally everything every moment I like I have this camera well it's not even mine it's my friends and I just take like I kid you not 300 plus photos on an outing just to it's hope the best thing yeah ever. just to hopefully get those five that I'm like yes yes this the is moment beautiful yeah. and I feel like <laughs> The reason, so I loved, Liv took so many photos on this aforementioned day where we were drinking rosé and singing, singing Taylor Swift. And I feel like uh, the reason that I'm okay with that is because I wasn't quite past that level of yeah. going full goblin. No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't like yeah. try and, you know, no, get she, people in their, at their worst moments. But no. it's like, I was saying to Ruby, I was like, I don't even want to talk to people. I just way more enjoy watching people and capturing what they're doing. Yeah. And honestly... The photos turned out great. So yeah. we, we love it and uh, love having our own personal paparazzi mm-hmm. in the way of the creative genius that is Liv. Stuff at you. Liv, speaking of creative genius, I'm going to talk to you about Doja Cat. Ooh, segue and a half. I oh, know, she's getting good. Now, Doja Cat um, has just announced that she's quitting music. And this is because of her so-called fans. Um 
I so I watched this all play out over Twitter, and it, honestly, it wasn't nice to see. And for me, it reflects the worst parts of the internet and the worst parts of fandom, which you will all know that I love fandom. I You're love a fan of fandom. I'm a fan of fandoms. I'm a fan of being a fan, but. I am not uncritical in the way that I see fandom and how it can play out particularly on social media in just really awful ways. So basically Doja Cat cancelled a show in Paraguay due to severe flooding. Like a severe weather event. Something very much out of her control. Extremely out of her control. And her fans from Paraguay just massively came for her on social media. And part of this was because she had just tweeted about, like, she loved her Brazil show, but she felt like she could have done better. And she was like, I'm I'm bringing out a really amazing wig for my Brazilian fans. Like, she was giving a lot of attention to Brazil, which I guess fans from Paraguay were like, well, why not us? I know, like, we're smaller and it, maybe we're not as exciting, but blah, blah, blah. I think they took it really personally. And then also a lot of fans had gone to her hotel um, and waited in this severe weather event which naturally Doja didn't go outside because not safe for anyone. Also, she didn't ask the fans to be there. I understand they're hurt and they're upset, but I am like, this is a little bit wild because you should be looking after yourself and not be standing in a flood. And like, regardless of what Doja Cat was doing, whether she was having a party with her crew, whether she was sleeping in her hotel room, whatever she was doing up there, none of our business. Not at all. It's really that parasocial relationship, isn't it? Yes. Between the the fans and the entertainer. Yeah. And and like, honestly, I'm going to read you some of the tweets um, that she was replying to fans. I mean, I'm going to get into it in a second, but another element of this is the fact that it played out over social media, which is just not helpful for any of it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So some fans were obviously upset and tweeting her saying they were disappointed in her and like blah, blah, blah. And at one point she said, I don't give a fuck anymore. I fucking quit. I can't wait to fucking disappear and I don't need you to believe in me anymore. Everything is dead to me. Music is dead. And I'm a fucking fool for ever thinking I was made for this. This is a fucking nightmare. Unfollow me. And then she said, this shit ain't for me. So I'm out. Y'all take care. I'm not taking pictures again with anybody else after this tour. I moved on. I'm just going to let everyone be mad. I don't have to focus on anything because I quit. So a lot of them, if they sound random, it's because they were in responses to fans tweeting her. But the long and short of it is that she probably felt like she couldn't do right by anyone. And when the Twitter mob comes for you... I mean, there's like... I'm not really in two minds. That's not the right kind of way to go about it. But there are two sides to this of her... I'm kind of like... Probably not the best to do it in the moment, right? When Absolutely. you're like at peak emotion, like maybe her marketing team should have been like, okay, we'll just wait Absolutely. till tomorrow or whatever. It's sort of a yay conversation yeah, as well. exactly. But then it's so amazing to see that raw emotion mm-hmm. and like how it does impact, you know, humanizes Doja Cat. Yes. And shows that she is just 
a woman yes like any other woman and the pressure is too much and you're asking for way 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 too much from her and you're just feeling like you're owed way yes. too much from her which... it's like your life is my life yeah. like you make shit for me it's like no she makes shit for herself yes and you the fact that you to like, like it, it is like good for you like you exactly. are benefiting from her ah and i'm just like Half of social media is amazing because it lets you humanize the person and it lets fans have access to someone that if that person wants to give them access, they can form a way stronger bond. They can know what they want. They can like really feel as one, not like they're singing to a void. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then also, like you just said, it it means that you're, well, you're not even opening yourself up to it. Whether you like it or not, if you're on social media and you're a celebrity, people are going to feel like they're owed People take advantage. They don't respect the lines that I guess social media blurs all lines, but there should probably be some. So she has sort of done a bit of a U-turn just in the way that she has been replying to fans this morning. Um, someone said, like, we're sorry for the things they said and how they treated you. And she replied saying, like, I wasn't any better, like sort of recognising that mm. she, as much as it was her right, like they were doing it to her, so it's her right to respond. Totally. Um, she was like, I probably shouldn't have done like it fighting there. fire with fire to an extent absolutely and then someone tweeted her being like you're massively discrediting all your work by doing this i hate when people I say that i hate that it's so fucking patronizing it's like they're two different things absolutely people used to say it about shit you should care about all the time when we posted about harry styles it discredited every other world event we'd talked about every other like concept we'd brought to the table and it's judging people on like one percent of their actions and stuff like it's, it's just so flattening everything right it's yeah and so she said i'm not discrediting myself i work my ass off i know that it's tiring but i'm not suffering because of people like you my suffering comes from myself not everybody else it's my problem but you guys always help me solve it when you support me the way you've been which i think is something she wouldn't have really wanted to say nah, like i reckon that someone I, else kind of i reckon there's like, a whole okay. other paragraph where you don't let the fans who really bullied you have an out like that yeah fuck yeah but, because now they've just taken and be like oh it's actually just she's said that she's overreacted mm, and we can carry on treating her that way yeah and it might be a way of her trying to take the high road because like the other like sort of nerdier part of this which i did write about in the newsletter is that like this enragement and this engagement is a win for the platform itself. Like, mm. the, like the fact that this happened on Twitter is like whoever Jack Dorsey or whoever fucking is profiting massively off Twitter. I think he's not the CEO anymore, so I don't know who it is now. But it's just like wringing their hands, like yeah. wringing. It's you know? so true. It's like the fans are losing out. Yep, because they're losing out on you know the songs or whatever, and then she's losing, losing out. out. But they're fucking profiting. Yeah, and the fact is, I'm not even a huge Doja Cat fan. I don't know anything. Like, I don't follow her music closely. I see it on TikTok. I think she's wonderful. But I saw this because so many people in my algorithm or in my feed had liked it or a viral tweets like list I follow, like started bringing it to the top. And so then I was seeing Doja Cat's quitting music and all these people are having takes on it. But I'm not even a fan of her, but now I know about it. So now I have a take on it and we're talking about it. It's just like For the sure. platform is winning. Yeah, because it's serving it to people that wouldn't necessarily be interested in it. And now we are. And now we think we have all this like knowledge and like blah, blah, blah to have a take on it. And like we obviously. And really all we've seen is a couple of tweets. Exactly. Yeah. And so we're choosing to give it a bit more context. However, exactly. so many people online are just, they would have been in the exact same position as me, but I'm lucky because I have a newsletter to write about it and look exactly. deeper. Exactly, and, they and you just, have the resources to go yes. and search it up. Yeah. 
Another really interesting thing when um, I was looking at taking a pulse check of what actual people on like were thinking, actual Doja Cat fans were thinking, not just like this minority of really loud ones. Um, and one tweet that I wanted to read out, which is interesting in fandoms, because often there can be a lot of like racism in fandoms, like mm. within. This Doja Cat situation proves what I've known for a long time. If black people aren't entertaining non-black people or commodifying themselves, they aren't seen as worthy of respect. And the minute they express human emotions, the racism jumps out from people who call themselves fans. And I think that's because just a lot of people were bandwagoning on and a lot of white people were bandwagoning on and Doja Cat is like this amazing rapper, singer, woman of colour, whatever she wants to be. Doesn't mm-hmm. She shouldn't even have to like be all those things for us to respect her. But they're like, as soon as she does something for herself, we're not giving her the grace that maybe we would give someone like Taylor Swift or someone else that was like, I can't do this performance. It's almost like the entitlement of the, us to of be white people, yeah. of us as white people that we feel because that's the privilege that we have always held. So I know. Like, why can't we have what we want? Exactly. And I just, I just think, and then there was other tweets being like, it's just wild that her hotel got leaked, her privacy got leaked and fans went to it. And then like the fans are now canceling her for, for, for their decision to go and wait outside how can you cancel someone? Or trying or to cancel, or waiting what are you outside to do? in a storm and they don't come out. They never said they were coming. Like that's yeah. on you, Dal. And there was just a lot of slurs being thrown around at Doja Cat as well. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Like suddenly and turning, like you're obviously hardcore fans if you're waiting out in the rain, and yes. then suddenly when you don't get what you want, I know, I know. It's just like we now hate you. So it's a really interesting conversation, Ugh, and it is just like so icky. It's yeah, I know. It's just that we we talk about this time and time again. We we are not owed anything from anyone who has graced us with their art to the world. Like, no, they've given us all. enough. That's a gift. My next story. Oh, so that's naughty. That's naughty. Totally naughty. Totally naughty. And and Doja Cat, I don't think she'll quit music. I feel like that was an in-the-moment thing. But it's like, of course, in the moment, you're going to be like, yeah, fuck what yeah. can I do to try and show these people that I'm human? And oh, it's taken must away the just thing. run. <laughs> I know. Just delete everything. Mm-hmm. And then we're losing out. So, anyway, my next um, story Kevin and Frankie Jonas have a new reality TV show. This is hilarious. This, to me, is so funny. Last week in the news that I wrote about how I loved the Jonas Brothers, and so many of you did too. And then last night when I was like, shit, I need some like stuff to talk about this week, I saw on Deadline that Kevin, who is the often forgotten Jonas brother, and Frankie, the bonus Jonas, um, are starting a reality TV show and it's really interesting. It's called Claim to Fame. To be honest, I'm kind of interested in, oh in watching it. Well, how old's Frankie now? So Frankie must be like 22 or 23. Yeah. And he went viral on TikTok for a time. So the, the series, here's the quote from the article. The series will challenge 12 celebrity relatives to step outside their famous family member's shadow and live together under one roof, concealing their identity and lineage in the quest for their own fame and That's fortune. That's hilarious because it's obviously exactly what Kevin and... Who Frankie? Frankie, the, Jonas, <laughs> the bonus one. The, 
<laughs> the bonus Jonas are doing because they're always in the shadow yes. of Nick and Joe. It's just them projecting, like, how can we actually make something either fun or profit yeah. off of the way like, we've I always get it, found. But it's just really fucking funny. Also funny that it's Kevin's second reality TV I know. show. And I did used to slurp up Married to Jonas every Married week. Married to Jonas. <laughs> oh, Married to And Frankie did have some cameos in that. That's true. God. So the way I see it is that obviously everyone knows who um, Kevin and Frankie are. And I might, I, there's not that many details on it and I could be wrong. But the way I see it is like they are the ringleaders. Like they are hosting it or whatever. It's their baby. But then they've got all these other celebrity siblings in the house who don't know who each other are. Because it said it, they were concealing their identities, right? Yeah. So I'm like... You must be kind of really low profile, like celebrity siblings, for us, for everyone not to know who each other is in the house. And it's like, are their identities concealed to each other or are they concealed to us as yeah. a viewer? Well, like, that's the thing. But like, surely it's just a Google away. Surely, surely everything surely, is these days. I and mean, it's just, we are owed <laughs> insight into those celebrity siblings' lives. Like, <laughs> we should know. So apparently they um, are going to be trying to avoid elimination. They will be winning 100K in prize money and they will be staking their own claim to fame. Do you think Phineas will be in it, living in the shadow of Billy Eilish? He, no, he, no, he's done pretty well. Yeah. Actually, I heard the cutest snapshot of something he said the other day, and it was like someone in an interview had said to him, um, you're now not just known as Billy Eilish's brother. Like You've got your own name for yourself. You're an amazing producer. And he said... All I've ever wanted to be is Billy Eilish's brother. brother. Oh. He was like, I loved her so much. I love her so much. She's my number one like priority, yeah. and I love working with her. And he was like, it's all I want to be. So That's so cute because he's always reiterated that sentiment. I know. I feel like I've seen quite a few interviews where people have been like, you know, said something along those lines, and Billy's been there, and it's like, literally, I'm just so proud of you. Yeah. Like he literally is like, I just want to make music. He's fucking. Grammy-winning producer, yeah, and he couldn't because he has so much creative control in her oh, shit. Like it would feel, you know, amazing. Fine. Yeah. yeah, so go off. Anyway, um, that's nice for them stepping out of the shadows. Back to Frankie and Kevin. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> what's his name? Frankie again? and the fucking third one that plays the guitars. Curly hair, married. Kevin, to you need the show. We can't even remember your name. Yeah, so true. You couldn't remember Frankie's, and then no. I couldn't remember Kevin's. Oh, sorry, Kevin. We do love you. And Frankie, or the other one. <laughs> I hate to do this to you all, but if you want to hear the rest, which I know you do, head over to Culture Vulture wherever you get your podcasts. Love you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.